1: This is the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, John Helfand. Hey everybody, it's John Helfand. Welcome to the Tuesday, December 11th edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Jake Letarski is with me today, like every Tuesday, and it is waiver wire time for your semifinals. You win some semifinals, Jake? Uh,
2: just one of them where I had a first round bye. I got trounced by Amari Cooper in Stake League, and, and yeah, that was
1: about it for that, so uh Still hopeful, still optimistic. How about you, John? Um, three. I was, I'm in four leagues. I'm doing well in three. I'm still alive in three. So, there you go. Um, mm-hmm. no complaints. I'm actually playing in the, the Ottawa new league. I snuck into the playoffs Ooh. where I will face the 13 and 1 Pete Schenke.
2: Oh, so what does he have, Mahomes, to get to thirteen and one? The Mahomes-Gurley combo what he's got here. Let me
1: take a, folks. Let's let's Prep? take a quick detour and mm-hmm. uh, see what the the grand poobah of Road Yeah, we were looking around uh, at the offices this this week
2: of just like the the percentage of our playoff teams with the highest own player percentages if that makes sense so like yep 72 percent of espn playoff teams had james Conner. tyler lockett was another big one you think these guys down you know maybe down the rankings a little bit mahomes of course is a big one you think of those types of guys and it's always interesting to review that every single year all right let's see, if see. learn
1: something pshanky has got? quarterback is deshaun watson he's starting Ware and carson at running back julio evans kelsey ty yeah, that'll play. <laughs> he had A.J. Green. He was using white early in the season. This is a keeper league. But he, yeah, he's, he's not doing any of the college guys or anything like that. Oh, for sure. So Yeah,
2: going all in and out yeah, and out not like that. That's, yeah, that's where you get to go deep and, and take college players. I never got that deep into it. But, right.
1: but he's, he's, he's got cool. 223 points on me over 14 weeks. Yeah, so yeah, that's not too bad. Spread out over fourteen. I'm taking him down, down. I need Best James Conner to you, back friend. though, and it's not looking great, is it? Yeah, not looking great. We'll definitely get to that. Yeah. All right. Um, let's talk about Monday night first. So twenty-one-seven uh, Seahawks Vikings. Boy, that game. What a weird last five or six minutes. Because the Vikings kind of got. It sounds weird that a game that was twenty-one nothing with two minutes to go that a team kind of got robbed, but I think the Vikings got a little robbed.
2: Uh I don't know about that. I mean neither team really it's one of those where neither team really plays well enough where they deserve to to win necessarily. Uh I mean, which which specific player you the, going the for the when kick, they got the, robbed? The
1: blocked kick. Oh, okay. Because Yeah, that's fair I because mean, he Wagner leaped over the people. Right, and he and he vaulted and he used he, he pushed off two of his teammates to do it. And they threw a flag and picked it up. So hmm. it was six nothing. And with what, four or five minutes ago, I don't know exactly the amount of time. But if the flag had stayed, the Vikings would have been first down at the 14-yard line. Sure. And that changes. The, I mean, and then, you know, Seahawks got the ball back, and they scored in probably three plays, and it was a disaster. I mean, and
2: the Vikings still had an opportunity down 6 to nothing. You know, they had four shots on basically the two-yard line, one two-yard line. You know, so, yeah, they kind of got screwed by the, one, uh, by, by the call, but it's not like they didn't have their opportunities in this game.
1: They did. You're right. And I, was, I wasn't sure if they should have kicked the field goal or went for it. Um, mm-hmm. Down near the goal line, so um, I was I was back and forth a little bit, but I, so, you know the thing is I I was hoping that they would kick the field goal because I had the Vikings getting three and a half, so that's oh. a skewed outlook I guess. Um, Dalvin Cook, there's silver. Do we have any silver lining last night for the Vikings? Is Dalvin Cook it?
2: Yeah, I would say that that's it. I mean, he's clearly emerged as the front runner, getting the catching the passes and getting the bulk of the carries. Latavius Murray seen a very limited role, as we kind of eventually predicted to happen. It just didn't happen from the onset. So, yeah, I think he'll be good to go to start if you can make it through the fantasy playoffs with him. Um, looking at the other side, Chris Carson was really the man. Uh, you, you wouldn't think that you'd win by 14 points if Russell Wilson was 10 of 20 for 72 yards and a pick. Right. But he made it happen. He's just good enough.
1: He was just good enough is right. And Carson got in the end zone late, which was a big help. But um, Dalvin Cook, like you said, so 5 for 28 and they got, the, got that late touch, the garbage time touchdown, which helped. That's receiving uh, 13 for 55 on the ground. Carson, 90 yards rushing because um, the mm-hmm. Seahawks love to try to run the ball. Okay. Let's get to, uh, let's get ahead to some free agents you might want to pick up for week 15. Uh, as usual, you are going to talk percentage ownership on either Yahoo or ESPN or both um if you were talking fab budgets we'll base it on 100 but we'll talk in context so let's talk quarterbacks first so josh allen again did not throw the ball well and did not disappoint fantasy owners Mm -hmm.
2: yeah i mean the headline on rotowire sums it up and i think you could recycle the same same headline every single week but the headline we used for the recap was legs making up for poor passing Mm -hmm. and that ain't going anywhere 18 for 36 206 yards two interceptions but hey, 101 yards and a touchdown on nine carries on the ground. He did lose a fumble as well. So he's got a pretty nice uh, I mean, this is basically what we're going to expect you know, for the rest of the season. Uh, gets Detroit at home this week. Who's actually been pretty decent event against opposing quarterbacks. And then championship week he gets the Patriots who've been 26th against opposing quarterbacks. So um, I don't know of a situation. I don't see any quarterbacks that suddenly got hurt or suddenly term- we did a complete 180 on their outlook for the rest of the season. So I don't, it's tough to think of a context where you're picking him up in the semifinals, but he is a decent stream option over, um, I don't know, maybe some of those other fringe players. I guess you'd think of him in, in times when
1: you normally wouldn't. Josh Allen, this last three games, fantasy points, standard 27.9, 33.1, 26.4. He has run for 99, 135, and 101. Funny, mm-hmm. other stat about Josh Allen, he has one game this season. So he's played nine games. He has had one game in which he's completed more than fifty-eight point eight percent of his passes. So the inaccuracy was, story yeah. is accurate, mm-hmm. but he's
2: just—and that was Week Three against Minnesota. Who, if we remember, all going all the way back to that, I mean, that was just the wildest upset ever at the time. That right. Josh Allen, the Bills are here all of a sudden. But so, yeah, he's had he's had a wild st- stretch of running the running the ball, and that's been—I mean, over that three game stretch, three touchdowns to four interceptions, but. Again, you know what you're going to get here. Yeah,
1: there's, there's risk-reward with Josh Allen, but I think now he's running enough that it might be worth the risk. I mean, he's still, look, five touchdowns, nine picks. He, You know, the, the story on him coming in, they couldn't throw the ball straight. And he, damn sure that's turned out to be true, but, boy, is he running a lot. I mean, it's not. It's different when a guy runs for 30 or 40, and then you jack it up to 100 for a quarterback. <laughs> that's that's yes. some pretty awesome stuff. Um, right out. Anybody else that you would stream this week that you would think about?
2: You know, not necessarily. I saw you wrote down Derek Carr, and my first instinct on that was like, do you really want to trust your fantasy playoffs with Derek Carr?
1: No, I don't. No
2: probably not but then I look back he does have the Bengals this week who are dead last in fantasy point or I mean first depending on which way you look at it but they're giving up the most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks per game on the year and looking at, at at Derek Carr like I might need to check our, our stats provider here or something but he hasn't thrown an interception since week five
1: so that's, that's interesting
2: true? yeah that's I haven't good. Even, yeah that is pretty good so yeah as much as we don't want to necessarily put your playoff Faith in Derek Carr. uh, I don't know. There could be worse situations if you've been streaming quarterbacks this whole year, or if you're in a two quarterback lead in your league and you're cycling through two to four guys all year. I mean, both these guys will be ready, available if you need them uh, for any reason. Uh, You don't start them over a top ten type
1: quarterback, but okay, stream options if you have to. Okay. Um, All right. So let me ask you. Let's say forget a two quarterback league.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: If you have, so Josh Allen's 15% owned on Yahoo. Okay. If you have Jameis Winston, who you've probably been starting quite a bit due to matchups and weapons and all that, Jameis is at Baltimore. Yeah. Josh Allen, home for the Lions. Who do you want? Mm -hmm.
2: That's Allen for me. I'm I'm trying to look at the same things that you are, and and yeah, that one's Allen for me.
1: Okay. The other matchup... The the ones that the matchup speak to Andrew Luck against the Cowboys still taking Luck over Allen, um, I would agree. Allen or Marcus Mariota at the Giants. Hmm. That might
2: that could be where we draw the line. I bet you those guys are going to be ranked like seventeen and eighteen next to each other when the value meter comes out. Yeah. Um, I think I'd go. Oh, I, I, Allen right now, but that's one that I'd probably switch in my lineup. Four or five times before the actual semifinals tip off.
1: Okay, last one. Allen at home against the Lions or Baker Mayfield at Denver. Uh, that'd be Allen for me. Yeah, I think so too. So yeah, I think Allen's going to be in your. He's going to be pushing top fifteen mm-hmm. because of the running. Again, the floor can be low. <laughs> I don't know how. Yes. Lo- I don't know how low because his passing's mm-hmm. been bad, and it's after the way the last three weeks have gone. It's hard to envision. Mm-hmm a likely outcome Saturday, Sunday where we go, oh, he only ran for 23 yards. It doesn't seem like that's in the cards yeah. right now.
2: Yeah, Josh Allen and his 5-9 to nine touchdown interception ratio <laughs> this season. Um, but yeah, like I said, I mean, you do have to look at league format a little bit if you're in one of those leagues that tends to penalize turnovers a lot. Yeah. That could be a little bit scary. But like you, like we keep saying, there's a floor here. So okay. in consideration.
1: All right, um, other guys. So Josh Johnson played last week. I mean, in a 2QB league, he ran a bit. I mean, he's playing yes. at Jacksonville. Oh, that sounds
2: nasty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that becomes that becomes real tough. I mean, it was clear that he needed to take that over from Mark Sanchez. But at the same time, I mean, that game was like almost forty to nothing when he took that over. I mean, they were never really close. So you gotta have a whole fourth quarter of you know kind of Giants maybe giving some right to, in exchange for letting the clock run down a little bit. So if Josh Josh's numbers should look should look good in theory in this situation, but I don't know. I'm not really messing around with Washington starters. Josh Johnson could be better for a guy like Jamison Crowder. Maybe we'll touch on him later, Uh, you know, those receivers. Um, But they lost Jordan Reed probably for the rest of the season. It's just not looking good as an offense to use over there. All
1: right. The other guy, we got to watch Ben Roethlisberger status. Sounds like he's going to play. I don't see any (laughs) scenario where you'd want to take Josh Dobbs. Um, Yeah. um, Drop candidates. If you're looking to drop people, The one guy I have due to matchup, I think you can drop Jameis at this point. Depending on what you're using him for this week. Because the next two weeks, he's at Baltimore and at Dallas. Hmm. And I think if he's, you know, I mean, look, if you need him as your starter, I mean, I don't know what your situation is, but but his matchups are so bad that he's probably a guy you don't want to use in weeks 15 and 16.
2: Yeah, I would agree with that. But if you're one of those weird leagues that uh, plays in week 17, uh, step one, quit that league. But step two, um, keep Jameis Winston because he's got the Falcons who have given up the second most points to fantasy quarterbacks in the league uh, week 17. So that's a situation in which you'd want to keep him. But I do agree. The next two weeks, you'd be very hard-pressed to start him. And I'd say Josh Allen probably has better
1: matchups those two weeks. Uh, You're probably right. All right, running backs. Uh, Last week we talked about Jalen Samuels. His running wasn't great. His pass catching was terrific. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, we got to talk about Justin Jackson because yes. we talked before we started recording. So the word out of L.A. about the Chargers on Monday was that Eckler was in the concussion protocol, and Melvin Gordon had technically missed practice on Monday. But then it's it, it, the way the story was reported is well, it was only a walkthrough, and he so technically he missed it, but we don't really know what that means. It was mm-hmm. kind of vague. But then, yes. as you pointed out, Steve White from NFL Network. I'm going to read his tweet. Quote, the Chargers, and this is from this morning, uh, and we're recording this, by the way, I'm talking at 11.19 Eastern on Tuesday. Um, the Chargers are not optimistic that running backs Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler will be ready for Thursday's huge AFC West matchup at Kansas City, head coach Anthony Lynn told me. Rookie running backs Justin Jackson and Detrez Newsom likely to be in the spot. So Justin Jackson, you might have missed the boat, but he's still 55% owned, so maybe... Mm-hmm. You might be able to get him. Yeah, I mean, 55%
2: owned means, you know, your 12 and your 14 and your 16 teamers definitely scooped him up. Uh, If not, you know, more than that as a speculative ad. Didn't do a whole lot this week, so maybe he got dropped right away. I mean, he'd have to clear waivers, I guess. Only seven carries for 12 yards, two catches for 23 yards. So very, very disappointing in that regard. But Kansas City is 30th against opposing running backs this year so again depending on perspective that that's either really good or really bad but he'll be um he'll be a good play this week provided those two uh, Gordon and Eckler their, their situation stays the same throughout throughout the rest of these next couple days of practice which will definitely be worth monitoring but Jackson I think sneaks his way into RB2 territory against the Chiefs that I mean that game's got a, a pretty high over under the Chiefs haven't done a whole lot to stop opposing backs even though they've been ahead in a lot of these games so far. So far. Uh, I don't know. This is interesting to me. This is a good spot. Uh, he'll be used pretty heavily in any of your showdown or captain or, or one day DFS formats. And I, I, I think it's good. It's a good matchup. It's a good game.
1: All right. Next guy I want to talk about is Kenneth Dixon. Uh, as Tim and I talked about yesterday, summer of 2017, he was a very popular fantasy guy. And then he got hurt and, and things didn't work out. And here we are. He's back. He went eight for 59 with a touchdown at Kansas City. He's 9% owned on Yahoo. He's interesting because he can catch the ball a little. But the problem here is not just Gus Edwards, but that Ty Montgomery snipes some of the snaps too. So Edwards appears to be an early down guy. I mean, look, in this game against, they're favored by eight at home against the Bucs. You would think that they're going to run the ball a lot. Oh, yeah. Um, Is Dixon going to, do we think he's going to get enough work to make him viable in in any Mm -hmm. kind of, I mean, I'm thinking, you know, 14 team league. Like, could you still start Kenneth Dixon? Is he going to be in your top, let's say, 35 running backs for the week? That's hard for me to
2: mm-hmm. think. He'll be in my top three pickups for the week. I think. The more I think about this, but uh, as far as RB two territory, you'd have to be pretty hard pressed. I don't think he'd make that outside of a, a 16 team league. So, what does that put him at? Top 32, John? Yeah, that's about where I, where I'd rank him. I mean, now. Again, this is kind of a coach-speaky thing, but Harbaugh did say he expects this Dixon's role to grow. What that means, who the heck knows? Jeff's Rebeck of The Athletic tweeted that. Um, Dixon ran hard and well Sunday. It wasn't an even split, but Edwards, Montgomery, and Dixon all played a similar amount of snaps. Now, if Dixon's growing, that that's possible. Again, fourth-round pick. He had some hype at one point in time then of course, missed all of last season. Um you know, he's he's better in a short sample size in three games this year than he was during his rookie campaign in 2016. I believe in him, but this is a tough situation to just plug and play in the playoffs. Maybe look at your opponent's running back situation, and if they missed out on all the guys last week and are desperate, you can maybe do a little block move, but um, it, it's a real tough one to just plug and play.
1: All right. Um, let's see. Derek Henry... You noted he's he's available in forty ish percent on of leagues on Yahoo and ESPN if you wanna chase his mm-hmm. production last week. I mean look, hey, if he's available he's probably he he's the type of guy who would go in my top thirty two running backs. I just don't think that mm-hmm. last week I think last week might have been a little was probably a little fluky. Obviously two thirty eight mm-hmm. is fluky. But yes. Derek Derrick Henry going ten for twenty seven this week against the mm-hmm. Giants would not shock me one bit.
2: Yeah. No, definitely not at all. Now remember Derek Henry was a high draft pick this season. Because he finished last year so strong. Came on okay. real hot towards the end. Fair enough. So that's that's it. I'm going to have a real tough decision in the league that I just came off a buy of. Fortunately, I didn't have the agony of watching Derrick Henry get 50 points on my bench because I had the buy. But I'm going to have to sit there between in my RB2s territory and, and watch the Spencer Ware news watch the Der- or you know derrick henry um i've got Jalen samuels so i got to watch the connor news it's, it's probably a, a lineup switch that i'm going to make about 10 times prior to thursday night and it, it's it's going to be a tough one because i want to chase that henry production but i definitely know that that's a little bit too high of a bar to be set gotcha all
1: right um injuries we got to deal with so Lashawn mccoy day-to-day with his hamstring strain chris ivory is also day-to-day so you might see some Marcus Murphy. I don't think anyone wants to pick up Marcus Murphy and play him. Mm-hmm. Um, Spencer Ware, he hurt his hamstring a little, but he came back and played. And Damian okay. Williams got the late, the game tying touchdown. And mm-hmm. I I, I, don't, I can't see. I I, we t- I think we talked about this last week that you could see stashing Damian Williams in case something happened, mm-hmm. but generally, nah, I'm 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 yeah. out on this, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, no, Spencer
2: Ware you know, didn't practice Monday and we had them listed as both shoulder and hamstring injuries. Again, Monday kind of might be that walkthrough with a short week. So really today when their practice report comes out, that's going to make the decision to me. Decent matchup against against the Chargers and is probably see it's where versus Henry. And that's the one that I got to pick. Do I want to put my eggs in one basket on Thursday night? Of course, I got Mahomes in that league, too. So it, it's going to be a tough one. But uh, yeah where's one we'll where we'll watch what happens today in practice and then we'll know if we're in the clear or we need to be a little bit concerned
1: yeah if where's active you got to go that way mm-hmm. in your league but yeah damian williams yeah i don't know that's that that's that's a stash it's a, it's a handcuff or something mm-hmm. um we talked about eckler and jackson jackson's jackson's in line for a ton of work if those guys are out a ton yes um mm-hmm. ito smith what's his ownership level we have him
2: um I can get him really I can, quick. I, I can get it, him. Too. It was just kind of in the uh in the notes section where an observation that he ran better than Tevin Coleman. He's twenty eight percent owned in Yahoo Leagues. I
1: and I think I look, th- that's an interesting because they're they're a big favorite. They're almost a double digit favorite against Arizona.
2: Mm-hmm. And Arizona is really poor against opposing running backs, giving up four and a half yards per carry. And um, I don't have the exact numbers in terms of fantasy points against back in front of me right at this moment. But generally that's thought
1: of as a pretty dang good matchup. Yep. And Ida Smith, by the way, so I just want to look at his red zone carries. Red zone rushes 22 for the season. I'd have to look at him against Tevin Coleman Um, Coleman, because Coleman—he's just—we've talked about him a bunch. He's—he's been so disappointing. When -hmm. when when Devontae Freeman came out, we thought you know, jackpot. Yep, we're like top ten running back rest
2: of the year, and yeah, it never really materialized. I don't know, Atlanta. I I could see Atlanta possibly cleaning house after this year, after how disappointing that was, and even with the injuries and stuff that they've had. So we'll see how that goes. Maybe they just need a change of uh, a a new voice on offense, but could be a much different landscape next season.
1: Um, so Coleman's got 15 red zone rushes to Edo Smith's 20. So just, yep. just to, uh, you know, that, that this is a guy who could who get the odds of him getting in the end zone this week seem to be pretty solid. Um, Zach Zenner, who's pretty much available everywhere. He carried 12 times. I feel like this happened. It, it, this hasn't happened for a couple of years, but the few years before that, I felt like it happened to Zach Zenner a little bit. That was like, oh, hey, maybe the Lions are going to go to Zach Zenner because they haven't mm-hmm. had a thousand yard runner in a hundred years. And I don't know. E- even if Carrion Johnson's still out, I'm I'm not chasing Zach. Zan- I mean, I'm not chasing Blunt anymore. I think I learned my lesson. Yes. Um, especially at Buffalo, which could be a tough defensive game. But Zach Zaner, nah. I'm. I'm no, I'd have to be very desperate. Yeah,
2: yeah it, it, he makes a little bullet point, honorable mention on here, but uh, in the job articles. Or The Job Battles article that Mario writes every week, he does try to make a little bit of a case for Zach Center over LeGarrette Blount, maybe a little bit better draft pedigree, of course, you know, and, and then he showed it more efficient, given a similar amount of opportunities this week, but I'm not ready to jump in on that too much, mostly because of the carry-on Johnson thing. Like I think Johnson will be back this week, but I guess we'll have to wait and see. All right. Um,
1: th- we talked about Jalen Samuels a little bit earlier. So it was fun earlier in the game to see, because Samuels early last week talked about how he was going to share the workload with, with Ridley.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And early on, Ridley got a short yardage touchdown. But, look, Ridley was on the field for eight snaps. He got five touches, five handoffs, but eight snaps. You can't, you can't play Steven Ridley. You can't think, oh. hey, maybe he'll get a short yardage touchdown because he's just not going to be on the field enough, even if Connor's out again, which it looks like he might be.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I saw someone play Ridley in one of my in one of my playoff leagues because I was aggressive on the fab and spent the remaining money uh, I had on Samuels. And of course, didn't start him on a buy. And now it's a decision that I have to make. And it's really all contingent on Connor. We think he may miss week fifteen. And in, I mean, in that case, it's a pretty decent matchup against the Patriots. They're uh, they're number nineteen against opposing running backs. And week sixteen, it gets tougher with Connor coming back possibly, and a tough matchup against the Saints' run defense. We're probably not going to get a ton of opportunities. So we'll wait and see. I think it's a good matchup, a good spot this week in week fifteen. Uh, but moving forward, I don't know if you can count on him in the championship game.
1: All right. Um, the last guy I want to talk about, I mean, Rashad Penny's 32% on, but he's, still, he's just such a sidekick. Even mm-hmm. even though he, he ran well last night in his chance, I think he was, what, 8 for 44 or something, but nah. No, thank you. Um, Crowell, yeah, I'm, I'll stay away from the Seattle backs yeah. entirely. Um, outside of Carson. Outside course. of Carson. Crowell didn't practice Monday again. He hurt his foot on Sunday. Yes. Elijah McGuire was very busy, and we've talked about him in the past, and you know, we kind of thought that when he came back, he'd be the third down back, and it hasn't really worked out. Now he might be the the every down back.
2: Yes, the actual back, back See, I had missed the Crowell injury or I didn't realize how serious it was when I originally put this together. And now, to me, I mean, you can make a case for Elijah McGuire being the number one waiver wire pickup this week. Although maybe some receivers we'll talk about have a chance to earn that title from him. But, I mean, it's looking pretty decent the rest of the way. Uh, you know, not great, not but okay. Uh, Houston, seventh against opposing backs. Green Bay, 15th. And the Patriots, 19th. We just talked about them. But... Even, you know, Donald's back, so that's maybe a little bit of an upgrade. I I just think that McGuire, if Crowell doesn't play, has a pretty safe workload. And then he sneaks into this uh, conversation as far as top pickups goes, that's for sure. All right. So who,
1: who's your top three? I think we're going to have a, dis- a major disagreement here. Yeah,
2: unless, uh, unless I'm missing someone that's n- not quite at the threshold that they need to be. I think McGuire is the number one. Uh, Kenneth Dixon would be number two, even with the split. And I changed my mind as we were discussing Edo Smith. I, and I worked him into the number three spot. So, Maguire, Dixon, and Smith. Tell me otherwise, John.
1: I think that with what we know now, we don't know Crowell's status. Fair. So, I mean, I hear you. Look, if, if you're trying to get a running back, who's going to have a full workload this week, even though it's a tough opponent? Maguire's first. I, I'll give you that. Maguire's first. Mm-hmm. I think Edo Smith's second. I think the odds of him getting in the end zone against the Cardinals mm-hmm. are probably pretty high. Like, I don't mean like 60% high, but higher than his chances of getting a touchdown this week. I, I don't think there's 15 backs more likely to get a touchdown than Nito Smith.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he could get a touchdown, but even with a touchdown, does he get more than 10 fantasy points? Maybe. That's a tough one. I don't know. know, Yeah, I I don't know. Dixon at least has a chance to maybe catch a pass or two and and to rack up some more yards. Even though he's in kind of a a timeshare back there, I give it to Dixon because he also has a very good matchup. His workload's trending in the right direction. With eight carries both weeks, he's been pretty productive. Um, I don't know. I like where he's heading, even even because, you know, you can make the same argument for Smith, a little bit of a timeshare too. Right. So uh, I would lean towards Dixon, but it's a very close one.
1: All right. Anybody you want to drop? Anybody we're ready to, to launch with two weeks ago?
2: Um, I mean, nobody comes to mind immediately. It's just going to kind of be one of those individual roster-by-roster roster situations. Um, yeah, there are a few running. I mean, maybe you could drop Blount to centers back if you were counting on that. You can probably drop Steven Ridley if you picked him up in desperation. Um,
1: I mean, if it's a guy you're not – I guess depending on your roster, if it's a guy you're not going to start, I'll mm-hmm. give you an example of a guy who's highly owned. Deion Lewis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's going to be a real tough one after,
2: uh, after seeing
1: what Henry did. Right. I mean, they do have an easy matchup. They have the Redskins at home next week. So, you know, running back on a, on a big home favorite, that usually makes some sense. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Tevin Coleman, I probably still want to. I don't know. There's a there's, there's guy at this point, you know, obviously it's context based. And if your team, mm-hmm. if you're not going to use a guy, I'll give you another example. Yeah. I mean, Eckler could fall. Fair. Peyton Barber might be a flex type for you. He scored three touchdowns in the last four games, and he gets the ball 15 times. Okay. Next two weeks, he's at Baltimore and at Dallas. No, thank you. If you need to pick someone up somewhere else, Peyton Barber is probably expendable for you.
2: Yeah. Well, and assuming Eckler doesn't play and Gordon eventually comes back, if you're in a shallow league, there's right. probably not really a need to be hanging out to hope for something out of him anymore. I agree. In your, in your third place game, maybe.
1: Why receivers? Uh, last week we talked about Adam Humphreys, who did not score a touchdown, shockingly. Um, mm-hmm. We talked about Bruce Ellington, who's four yards in a cloud of dusk at, at the slot receiver. Dust, not dusk. Um, <laughs> uh, Zay Jones got nine targets again. It wasn't great because he's got Josh Allen throwing to him, and you never know whether. <laughs> but it, 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 did you, are you a fan of the movie Bull Durham?
2: Uh, I, you know, I saw it when I was younger. It's been it's been yeah. a while, but I I, I do get it. I, yeah, the crash crash Davis, right?
1: Yeah, couldn't hit. Uh, he the first when he when he, he first met um, Nucleus the pitcher. Mm-hmm. He was you know an eighteen year old kid, and he said, and he threw ninety eight. He said, you know, I could kill you with this. But he, he he challenged him to hit him in the chest with a baseball, and he said, <laughs> you know, and he, and he said he said you kidding? I could kill you with this? And Crash said, oh yeah, you. I, from what I heard, you could couldn't hit water if you fell out of an effing boat. <laughs> and it's, it's kind of Josh Allen's kind of like that. He's big and super talented and like, you have no idea where the ball's going half the time. Mm-hmm. So yes. anyway, much as I like Zay Jones and his ownership level, I, I don't know. I mean, Josh Allen's the type of, how many p- passes is he completing a week? 10?
2: Yeah, I mean he had 18 this past week because he had to a little bit And the other thing with zay jones is he got foster here You know, he had eight right. targets too and was much more efficient with it If you need a run if you need a receiver that I don't know if You just ask Allen to throw it up in the air and maybe his receiver gets under it I don't know if that's necessarily jones. Yeah,
1: so I, I don't know if I want to that. That would be a tough Tough context to play zay mm-hmm. jones. All right curtis samuel Come on with a Panther. He's there, but he's about thirty he's thirty one percent Yahoo, thirty two percent ESPN. Played just about every snap. Devin Funch is being phased out for the Panthers pretty much. Um yeah. should be a shootout in New Orleans, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think all
2: the uh all the factors add up pretty well for Curtis Samuel to have a decent week now and a decent week rest of the season. I saw him, you know, I like to surf around other sites to make sure I didn't miss anybody sometimes. And I saw Curtis Samuel as number one on a lot of people's lists as, as the top overall pickup. And I don't know if I'd go that far given some of the running back opportunities we have. But rest of the season, Samuel's got New Orleans, Atlanta, and New Orleans. So, uh... That's good news. And, you know, Samuel's a guy that is athletic and he can be used on screens and stuff, too. So he's not necessarily dependent on Cam Newton's uh, shoulder, getting him the ball deep down the field. So there's a lot of ways he can contribute. I like him in a PPR league, even in a non-PPR league. I think there's a wide receiver 3 ish argument for him. Okay.
1: Um, Jameson Crowder, he had that big, long touchdown that looked like a Mm free play. So I'd love to say I, I like Jameson Crowder. And I drafted him in a couple of spots before the season, but I, I can't go back there.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I probably wouldn't go back there, but it's a pretty thin week for wide receivers. It so, yeah, I, I mean, let me know if you'd rather have any of these next couple guys we talk about over Jameson Crowder. And then, again, you have quarterback play here because what are we going to get from Josh Johnson again? He got some pretty soft
1: coverages when they were way behind on Sunday. Right. Now who knows what happens? Yeah, you don't. Know, Josh Johnson was sitting on a couch a week ago today, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know who we want to go there. So, so you have D.D. Westbrook in here. Yeah, I don't trust Cody. I, I, you know, Mm -hmm. the thing is, I, I have a, I've developed a firm rule against Jacksonville receivers because I never know who's going to do what.
2: Yeah, exactly. Uh, Yeah, that's a tough one, but the double-digit target stands out. Uh, Seven for eighty-eight and a touchdown stands out. Kessler threw forty-three passes. I think in the Jaguars' ideal world, that never ever ever happens. He doesn't throw more than thirty passes so yes a little bit fluky but you know you come down to a desperation wide receiver three move you're throwing in crowder or westbrook there's just not a whole lot out there this week
1: man this this just sets up to be the perfect four net week though doesn't it oh yeah yeah
2: he's definitely doing if you're
1: still a four net owner that
2: somehow made the playoffs and is still alive uh now's the time to reap those benefits yep all right
1: um so the broncos we got to talk about because they, so they got three rookies they're all rookies right mm-hmm. um so so Patrick and Hamilton Tim Patrick and Deshaun Hamilton both outsnapped Cortland Sutton on Sunday. Because when when Sanders got hurt last week, the, the prevailing theory was jackpot for T- Cortland Sutton. Like he's he's number one. And maybe another Bronco receiver can step up. Well it turns out that Sutton he, they both outsnapped him and they outproduced him. Yeah. Yeah. Sutton pretty much stayed stagnant, less
2: than seventy percent of snaps in each of the last two weeks. Well, Deshaun Hamilton played 97% and Tim Patrick played 86%. So that makes things a little bit interesting. But, again, we're talking the Broncos. We're talking Case Keenum. This is a defensive team that wants to run the ball first and foremost. These guys are around. They might be productive if you need a dart throw. But, again, you're really, I don't know, you're shaking dice here.
1: So, But as far as the other two, they both had, what, I think seven catches? Mm-hmm. Um, if you had uh, to Hamilton one- scored. Hamilton scored, I think, I didn't see the tape, I'm looking, I think that Hamilton played more out of the slot, because Patrick's a big dude. Um,
2: yeah, 6'5", 210 for Patrick. Wow. Yeah.
1: Hamilton's smaller, and he's quick. I mean, they liked him when they drafted him. They liked him a lot. I mean, they still do, certainly. But, um, you know, he was a guy, he went in the fourth round, and there were some people who thought he was going to go earlier mm-hmm. in the draft. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and uh, well, Patrick also got a carry for 11 yards. That's interesting. I didn't, you know, sometimes when you're at Lambeau Field for the day, you have to you have to do all your catch up later on. So some of these game films, I didn't see the red zone live like I normally would all day in a uh, in in the office setting. But yeah, looking back at some of this, I was like, why the heck did Cortland Sutton get me two and a half DFS points this right. week? Oh, this is why. So it, it it's a tough one. I mean, do either these Denver guys? It's a little bit of a crapshoot. Do either these Denver guys go above? You know, the likes of Samuel or Jamison Crowder?
1: I think above Crowder. I'm so out on Crowder. Sure. So I, I, I mean, not above Samuel, but the, the thing is, the problem with the Denver guys is which one is it? And I think it's probably mm-hmm. Hamilton, but I'm not. I, I, I'm, I'm, I know we're guessing a little.
2: Yeah, it's too much guessing for me. I'd much rather try the known commodity if you can.
1: Right, and hopefully you don't have pick either. Yet you're not in such an mm-hmm. uncertain situation heading into week 15. Yeah. Um, other guys, Kenny Still is Kenny Still's back. Are we back on the Kenny Still's train? I mean, eight and nine for 135
2: and a score against New England. Granted, the the matchup and the environment was very favorable for him. But Tannehill being back, maybe starting to you know, get back into a little bit of a rhythm. I would say he's probably the receiver to own on that team. Devontae Parker didn't really do a whole lot. Neither did Amendola. So, sure, I guess Kenny Stills is, is viable, but it's
1: tough. I don't even think he makes my top three. Uh, two games in a row scoring a touchdown. Uh, last game, eight for 135 and one with nine targets. The week before, 437 and one with six targets for Stills. Uh, the last one, uh, Zach Yeah, Who was out? Inman was out for the Colts. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Zach Pascal 5 for 68, he got a touchdown. Dante Pettis is still dude, is, is still making noise. It's not mm-hmm. super loud noise, but it's some noise. And he, he's an interesting guy. I mean, Garcon's done for the season. So, and I know Goodwin was back last week, but Pettis, like, I mean, the target volume, last four weeks, 6-7-7-7. Seven, seven, seven. And he's averaged four catches a game. And the last three weeks, he scored four touchdowns.
2: Mm-hmm. He's near the bottom of the list, but he's on the list nonetheless. I would say it's just I don't know how much how much you want to trust Nick Mullins in the playoffs, and I guess you could say that a lot about a lot of these guys. So
1: I I, I would I, go. The, I mean, the the other two guys I want to mention: Robbie Anderson's perking up a little bit, but I don't know if I buy him against the Texans. Robert Foster in Buffalo, we talked about him. Like we don't tr- if we don't trust Zay Jones and Josh Allen, I don't know if we trust Robert Foster either. Either, even though he had a big game on Sunday. Mm-hmm. So your order i
2: went samuel crowder dd like i wrote him down um but i don't know i might spin the wheel of broncos receivers before dd because the ceiling's roughly the same
1: so i think i go if i go i guess i go samuel first i think i go still second
2: okay yeah i mean that's fair i can't i can't really dog you too much for that he's got a nice uh I mean, like I said, he's getting into rhythm. i have got to check the rest of the season schedule once one more time, real quick, because Miami's fighting for a playoff spot, so right, they're not out of it yet. Um, the only problem with Stills at Minnesota, Jacksonville, at Buffalo. I know all that. Those are the top three defenses against opposing wide receivers. And, so,
1: and because of because of Miami's shaky receiving core, Stills might draw Xavier Rhodes. Oh yeah. Like he will did. draw Xavier yeah. Rhodes. I, I
2: can't see unless – yeah, I don't know why, what how else they would do it. Yeah, there's no other top target. <laughs> so Xavier Rhodes, Patrick Ramsey, and oh, I can't I think of the Buffalo guy off the top of my head, but they got a stud too. White. Yes. White. Yeah, There we go. Yeah, so those are his matchups for the rest of the season. That's why yeah. – I mean, I'd, I'd like to
1: think that I thought ahead that far, and that's why I left him out, but I'm going to say now that that's why he's off my list. <laughs> and that's not a good role. Be, being number one and shadowed by a monster corner is not a good role for a guy like Kenny Stills because he's not that mm-hmm. kind of receiver.
2: Yeah, I mean, there are people that can, over, you know, if we're talking healthy Orell Beckham or talking Michael Thomas, like there are some studs out there, you know, Devontae Adams. Some, there are a decent amount of studs that will overcome that, but probably
1: not Kenny Stills. Probably not. Okay. Um, drop candidates. Who do we got?
2: I don't know. I, t- I toss Ridley on there because I got a little bit frustrated, but like, um, I don't know. Uh, I mean, the Packers, who you can say maybe they're a little bit revitalized, but... I was at that game at Lambeau. I remember turning to my dad thinking, man, did I miss Calvin Ridley inactive or something like that? Because he, yeah, and not doing a whole lot, you know? So four targets only, one catch. A little inconsistent. He's had his good games this year, and he might have some against Arizona, Carolina, and Tampa Bay. But if you don't start him this week, you know, where where do you, I guess? Okay.
1: I'm going to throw a crazy one at you. And you can shoot me down. It's fine. Let's hear it. Kenny Galladay. Here's why. He's the last man there, and I get that there's a – I mean, look, I probably wouldn't in most cases because there's potential for Kenny Galladay to get a dozen targets. But you talked about those corners. He's at Buffalo and home from Minnesota. so he's, he's got white on the road and roads at home. And this past mm-hmm. week, he got shut down by Peterson.
2: Yeah. That's uh, I, that can make uh, the candidate see. It's a nice trap to set because you drop him. Someone's gonna go, oh, Kenny Galladay. What is he doing? Didn't right. drop I'm gonna pick him up and then start him and then blow it. I've actually uh, projected to go against Kenny Galladay unless the uh, opposing owner does a little bit of reshuffling. I'm hoping I still go against Kenny Galladay, and right. I, I can't shoot it down because, yeah, like you said, like we just the conversation we just had about Kenny Stills. Uh, the same same stuff applies here. Now, if you play. Week seventeen. After you're done quitting that league, you also probably remember want to uh, you. You probably want to remember to keep Kenny Galladay around because right. he'll he'll do okay against the Packers. Week seventeen.
1: Okay, I mean other guys. There's lots of other guys you can drop. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see. I mean the the all the Ravens receivers you can drop. Yeah, even though I think
2: John Brown scored. Was it this week? He did. I, just, I, I wouldn't start him. It's the first time he's shown any signs of life. Uh, in the last, you know, since Lamar Jackson took over, and he still didn't get double digit fantasy points and non PPR. So, okay. yeah, adios.
1: All right. Um, tight ends. Ian Thomas, baby. Love it. He's the man. He's I the man.
2: I think he's the number one. He's the number one guy that you should be able to pick up if you're in need of a tight end. Yep. I used him in my fishbowl lineup last week. I picked him up last week and used him, and he was great. Mm -hmm. yeah i mean the volumes there caught nine of 11 targets for 77 yards if you buy into that theory that hey maybe cam newton's not chucking down to receivers Mm -hmm. instead looking for short to middle targets uh ian thomas would be the man so uh Mm -hmm. panthers pass catchers for whatever reason could be the theme this week they just have a nice rest of season matchups and and the guys are trending in the right direction
1: um ryan griffin uh five for eighty ryan griffin he's the type of guy for me like if you're scrambling for tight ends there's a lot of there's a lot of the mm-hmm. There's a lot of a- Ryan Griffins. accommodations you can make. There's a lot of Ryan Griffins, right? But there's a, there's a lot of reasons mm-hmm. to go, oh, you know, he's not worse than a lot of other people. Um mm-hmm. Ferkser on the Titans, I want to talk about. Because it sounds like Johnny Smith might be out for the season. Okay. So Anthony Ferkser played last week. Um, let's see. Rabel said, quote, I think we have to get Anthony in there more regardless of who's healthy. So Ferkser the last four weeks. 13 catches for, I don't know, he's probably averaging 40 yards a game, and he's got a touchdown. Not Mm -hmm. great, but if you're digging deep, there's a little bit of a baseline here.
2: Yeah, I see where you're coming from. There's a couple – Names that are kind of streamers that I'll just throw out there based on uh matchup. I mean CJ Uzoma, who we know is a pass catcher, but is kind of the last one out there. You know, he's a decent bet for six to eight points, and he gets the Raiders this week, who are number one in standard points allowed to opposing tight ends, and number two in points allowed or standard points allowed to opposing tight ends, Kansas City Chiefs. So it's quite a gamble, but you know, if you wanted to try Gates on Thursday night, uh, again. Four points or less in the last three weeks, but he did have that 19-pointer snuck in there. This will be his best matchup the rest of the season. So if you want to go with a little bit of a known commodity over over something like that, yeah, maybe. So just a
1: couple guys to potentially look out for. Okay. So do we know why the cowboy the Cowboys threw to Blake Jarwin seven, t- seven times on Sunday?
2: I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine. Did the uh, VCU rebounder, is he out? Mm-hmm. no wait, that's actually that's the that's the Colts. I keep mixing up Mo Cox with uh right. with the Baylor rebounder. Um Rico gathers. So it's my college basketball. Scenes. I know you got those your, are, those your, are starting your brain is confused. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, Rico gathers Mo Cox. One's Colts, one cowboys, got it, got it, got it. But Jake Blake Jarwin. I don't know it beats me. He was on the field for 58 snaps, which yep. is pretty wild. I mean, uh, Jeff Swain was out, so maybe that has something to do with it. Dalton Schultz here, he was on the field for, let's take a quick look here, uh, 45 snaps. So are they just, I mean, I guess Cole Beasley was out, so did they just use sets with Amari Cooper and nobody else? I don't know. That Could be part of right. the reason. I don't know. Your but, guess is as good as mine, I suppose. Uh, Rico Gathers only had, um, let's see, I think he might have been at the bottom of that snap's uh, list he had 14 snaps so
1: blake jarwin i don't know i guess you could do i think ian thomas is top of the list here right oh yeah there's no
2: doubt about that yeah we we can speculate on these on these fringy guys here but um i don't know chances are your your chris herndon types even are still more widely available and you'd go with that because they have a better bet to get you five points
1: yep i mean and all the guys we mentioned um thomas griffin ferks or jarwin all under all 10 or less on yahoo Mm -hmm. so so you'll be able to scoop them up yep streaming d's what do we got? What do you like? I don't like taking road teams
2: typically. Me neither. Uh, but this one uh, seems almost too obvious to me. The Washington Redskins are 33% owned. They go to Jacksonville where Cody Kessler is there. And the over-under on that game is 36. This isn't even a cold game, but defense is back. So I think they're my top one this week. All right.
1: Um, you've got on your list the Lions at Buffalo, 19% owned on Yahoo. Falcons home for Arizona. Against Josh Rosen, who's struggling. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't like the road teams either. I think I think the Washington defense has been fading. So yeah, that's I mean that's they've been fair, good for the but year, but they've been they they're like I, I feel like they're on the downside. The Jacksonville offense isn't exactly surging though either. True, I agree with yeah. you. I, mean, I, I think and the that reason going to
2: be 20, 20 to three or something. Yeah, something like that. Uh, the reason I threw the Lions on this list, even though they're a road team who I don't particularly really care, Josh Allen should be able to get some rushing yards. Uh, you know, you've made this argument in past shows, and it's a sack thing for me. The last four weeks, the Lions have had three, four, two, and three sacks. Um, right. So that seems pretty decent now. Maybe Josh Allen's a little tougher to bring down, but uh, um, yeah. I, I don't know. Pretty low over under on that game, and I'm not overly scared by the Buffalo offense, so they're a possibility if you do have to. Okay.
1: Um, looking ahead, Dolphins are 19% owned. They have they are home for Cody Kessler and the Jags in Week 16. Mm-hmm. The Browns, 10% owned on Yahoo. They have the Bengals and Jeff Driscoll home in Week 16. The so, Browns that are not mathematically eliminated. Nope, they are not. So if you're looking ahead and you need a Week 16 defense and you didn't scoop up the Titans when you had the chance because they're... not scoop favor- up the Bills when you had the chance. Right. Then Then you're going to go then the Dolphins might, the Dolphins are probably a better one, I think. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Um, yeah. what else you got going on?
2: Well, after Lambeau last weekend, I'm heading to Milwaukee for UFC this weekend. Um, but I'll be back on Sunday to do the regular, uh, trip and, uh, be ready to go with, with you guys next Tuesday. So we can hopefully do some waivers in the championship game. It's amazing how fast the season goes,
1: John. I know this is our second to last show, right? If, unless we do mm-hmm. week 17, I don't know if we're doing a week 17 show.
2: Yeah, yeah, we'll have to talk about that. I know in the past we've done some, like, here are the waiver wire awards. These were the top pickups at every position and what we learned. But, yeah, we'll we'll see how that goes. Most people are going to be out of the playoffs and salty about it and, and maybe not listening then. So we'll have to talk about it, but maybe we'll do something for you guys.
1: Christmas morning. That'll be our show in week 16.
2: Oh, Christmas morning? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So
1: yeah,
2: I did I, not look at the calendar.
1: I, I don't know. I don't we think get we'll be doing a the show then. But we'll yep. see. All yep. right. No. Folks, listeners to our podcast. Get a free 10-day roadwire trial at pod. No credit card needed for that. That lets you check out nearly all the features on the site. Take a look now rotowire.com slash pod. Uh, please leave reviews and ratings wherever you're listening. We would really appreciate that. And thank you for listening to this edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, Derek and I are going to be here on Thursday with our game-by-game preview of Week 13, which includes two Saturday games, by the way. So we got Chiefs-Chargers Thursday. Then we got Texans-Jets and Browns-Broncos on Saturday. So when you set your lineups, don't forget the unusual schedule. So please come on back on Thursday. Derek and I will be here for you. For Jake Letarski, I'm John Halpin. See you next time.